Hello, welcome to the Building Through Him podcast. My name is Mary Jo Parrish. I'm the founder of Kingdom Builders, and today's episode is Daughters Arise. And just so you know, you are loved and you are always welcome here. Well, the Father, the Heavenly Father, loves to hear us laugh. So I always like to start with some funny stories because we just know that He loves the sound of His children laughing. My husband and I redid the ceilings in our bedroom. So we were moving our bed to different locations. And in the middle of the night, one night, the board in the middle of the bed underneath the mattresses just broke. And um, my immediate thought was like we were being attacked by demons. Of course, um, it was not that. I'm like, Bill, Bill, what was that? And he's like, I think a board broke under the bed. And uh, I kind of like let it go. Well, then he goes away on a trip and I can see the bed is looking a little bit funky when I go to bed that night. So I, I'm just too tired to worry about it, honestly. I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to move forward. So I go to sleep and then I wake up the next morning <laughs> inside this like valley inside my bed. It reminded me of kind of like Psalm 23-ish, like, even though I sleep in the valley of death, I fear no evil, for you are at my side. So I'm like, sleep, I'm like, okay, I've got to do something that's going to destroy the mattresses. So my son Landon comes over and he's like the fix-it guy in our house. And I'm explaining to him what's going on. And he just looks at me really seriously. And he's like, mom, you realize what this means. And I'm thinking for sure he's going to say, you know, we got to get a new bed or The mattresses are destroyed. I don't know, whatever. And I was like, no, what? And he's like, you have got to go on a diet. Then I immediately chased him out of the room. He was kidding, obviously, but he was laughing hysterically, just teasing me. So we did get the bed fixed and the mattresses are fine. So another funny story, I have a ton of kids. So my youngest are four and six years old. And uh, I was kind of talking to them about the color red. They're eating watermelon and we were talking about red and I'm like, okay, this is a good time to reinforce the letter R, right? So I'm like, red, mm, that's that's a good letter. Rrr, I wonder what letter that is. And Joseph said, I got two of those in my last name. And I was like, you're right. There are two of these letters in the name Parish. You're right. There's two of those letters. And um, I was like, it's also a letter pirates like to say. Rrr, what do pirates like to say? And Joseph, who's six, there's an age gap between like the first eight of our kids and then the last two. So he kind of has oldest child personality. So I feel like I'm a constant disappointment to him. And he says, he looks at me like with such disappointment and like just almost like disgust and says, shiver me timbers. (laughs) Like, no, Joseph, not shiver me timbers. R. Pirates say R. And he was like, hmm. Like he just was not impressed with me. <laughs> anyway, none of my kids are impressed with me. And uh, if that's why we were parenting children, we'll just know we're just walking in failure right there. But we please the Lord alone. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked upon his handmaid's lowliness. Behold, from now on, all ages will call me blessed. The Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is from age to age to those who fear him. He has shown might with his arm, dispersed the arrogant of mind and heart. He has thrown down the rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the lowly. The hungry he has filled with good things, the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped Israel his servant, remembering his mercy, according to his promise, to our fathers, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. 
Amen. So in Kingdom Builders, we always talk about our foundation. So we have a foundation of three things. We pray for a minimum of 10 minutes a day. It's our time to pause and allow the Heavenly Father to love on us and for us to receive that love. He's always loving us, but we're going to stop for 10 minutes a day to openly receive His love. Number two, we go to church on Sunday. That's a divine commandment, not a divine suggestion. We go and honor Him. And number three, we stay in a state of grace. So if we're struggling with any type of mortal sin, we do anything to be free of that because the Lord wants us to have all the graces He wants to pour down, and mortal sins block that. Then we build ourselves, build others, and build the church. So today we're talking about daughters arise. And one thing I found when I'm praying with people, the most common lie, one of the most common lies that we need to renounce is, I am alone. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am alone. Jesus, please take this lie away from me. Father, pour your blessing on me. And so that's just a common lie that we're renouncing. And I think it's because we're often doing too much. And a lot of us struggle asking for help. And so when Satan says, you're a burden, you're unworthy, you're unlovable, you have no voice, Sometimes we can consent to those lies and think we have to do it alone. Satan's a liar. He's a liar. We were not created to be alone. We are designed for community. We're on a team. And God desires us to have holy friendships here on earth and holy friendships in heaven, both. And so when you're thinking about that, like, who's on our team? Well, we have one another here on earth. And With Kingdom Builders, we have specifically a small group set up. We've created this amazing path for women and small groups to kind of journey together and understand the beauty of their design and what the Lord wants to do with them in their lives. They're called Mosaic Small Groups. If you have more questions about that, you can go to our website at buildingthroughhim.com, and that allows that small group atmosphere. And then we also have the Kingdom Builder gatherings at different locations where we bring larger groups together to kind of laugh and learn and be loved by the Father. And then we should also have other people in our life, you know, that are leading us to holiness. That is who God wants us to be surrounded with here on earth. But who is on our heavenly team? Our, I like to call it a heavenly cynical. Like you're like, Mary Jo, what's a cynical? I didn't know what it was either. I learned this word, I think it was like four or six months ago. A cynical is a group of people or a team. The Catholic Encyclopedia calls it the first Christian church. So if we think about like our heavenly cynical, who is on it? Who's on our team? So we know we have the Trinity, right? God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And we have Mama Mary, right? She's our mom too. And we have St. Joseph. My favorite title for him is St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, right? We also have our guardian angel. Perhaps we were named for a saint. We have them. We also have those who are in heaven waiting for us. Many of us have lost children. We have littles in heaven. And guess what? If you have a little in heaven, you're still their mama or you're still their daddy. And they are on your cynical. They're on your heavenly team. They're like these little powerhouse prayer warriors. They love to pray for you. They love to pray for your other children if you have other children here on earth. And our heavenly cynical has one united goal for us. This is from the Baltimore Catechism because I've never found a better explanation. 
what's the goal for us here? To know God, to love God, to serve God, and to spend eternity with Him in heaven. That's the united goal. And so each day, we know we're either growing closer to that goal or moving further away. And if we think, oh, I'm just kind of staying the same, then that means you're going further away. Their goal for us is not financial wealth. Our heavenly Senegal does not care whether we're wealthy or not. They don't care whether we're star athletes. They don't care about like our abs. They don't care whether we can fit into size two jeans from high school ladies. And by the way, I've never worn a size two jean, maybe when I was two years old. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I would have been a two. But like they don't care about that stuff. They care that you know God, you love God, you serve God, and that you're going to be with him in heaven for eternity. And so let's talk about angels for a second. If you're listening to this, I want you to think to yourself, do you have a guardian angel beside you? You do. Yes. All of us have a guardian angel beside us. Have you ever thought to yourself, like looked back and thought, I don't know how I survived that one time when this happened and this happened, I absolutely should have died. I can think of many of those instances. And it's like, you have a guardian angel, right? You have a guardian angel. And like right now, I just want you to to just say out loud, thank you, angel. Thank you, guardian angel. And your dedication in getting me to heaven is the only reason that you're listening to this right now is because somebody prompted somebody to listen to this as part of your guardian angel, like, because they want you to know, love, serve God and spend eternity with them in heaven. So this is a quote from St. Francis de Sales. Make yourself familiar with the angels and behold them frequently in spirit. Without being seen, they are present with you. You have an angel present with you all the time. Um, My son Aiden, he was in tutoring for a few years and he was probably around seven at the time when we kind of exited the tutoring program. And I went to pick him up and I had wrapped a gift without him knowing. And it was this beautiful wooden angel that I got for his tutor. She was wonderful. So she opens it in front of him and uh, she's like, oh, it's beautiful, Aiden. Thank you so much. And Aiden is one of these kids that will not ever hold back with his facial expression. You can tell exactly what he's thinking with his facial expression. And so like Joseph, my six-year-old, he was disgusted, disgusted. His face was like horrified that I'd given her this wooden angel, which was beautiful. And um, he doesn't say anything. Thank you, Jesus. So we go to the car and I'm like, Aiden, what is wrong? Why do you seem so mad that I gave her that? And he said, mom, angels do not have bodies. They are spiritual beings. I feel like you just gave her a lie. I was like, what? And I had to like process what he was saying. The thing is, is he's right. They are spiritual beings. They are non-corporal. They don't have bodies. But we know we can look in scriptures, even Old Testament and New Testament, we can see how angels do appear. They do appear like one appeared to Mary, right? So, you know, Gabriel appeared to Mary. So they can appear for us to see them in bodies, but they actually do not have bodies, right? They're non-corporal. My six or seven, he like schooled me on that. But praise God, he didn't say it in front of the tutor because she would have been completely weirded out. I was reading the writings of a mystic and she could see guardian angels at the mass. They stood in a half circle around the altar. Their clothing Their staff and demeanor reflected the state of the person's soul for whom they were appointed. Some of the angels standing around the altar were gleaming white. 
They had these bright golden staffs encrusted with jewels. And other angels were dirty and hung their heads in shame and embarrassment. And when I read those writings of that mystic, I remember thinking, I totally know what my angel looks like. And my angel did not look all pure white and shiny. My angel looked like a homeless person, a really dirty homeless person. And I knew, like, recognizing that I needed to make some adjustments in my life. And whether those writings of that mystic were just an image in that mystic's mind or a a true vision from God, regardless, like, the Lord used it for his good. And it brought me back to the sacrament of reconciliation after a long time away. I consented to the enemy's lies that, you know, I could, I didn't sin that bad. I could just confess to God or whatever. And I didn't understand the gift of the sacrament of reconciliation. And I didn't ever think to myself, the idea, my failures were causing a heavenly being assigned to me, like embarrassment that really bothered me. I was like, I can't do that anymore. You know, the sole job of that angel was my soul. The sole job of your angel is your soul. So what does your angel look like? Just visualize that. What does my angel look like? And maybe for you, like me, that will inspire you to make real lasting changes because that really like cemented like, okay, I have got to bring it. I have just been lukewarm for too long. I have actually, the Lord wants more, you know, the Lord wants to raise, raise up people and I got to do more. Like I really have to put my focus where it needs to be. And if you think about when we got our guardian angel, from the moment that you were conceived in your mother's womb, you had a guardian angel with you. So if you know someone who's pregnant or maybe you're pregnant and they're listening to this, you have two angels with you right now. And we know that angels are amazing and wonderful beings, but we actually have a whole heavenly cynical. So like who else is on our team? Are you named after a saint? Yes. Wonderful. When I asked this question at the gatherings, about a third of the people raised their hands that were named after saints and two thirds did not. So if you're named after a saint, great. They're on your cynical. Start asking for their assistance. If not, that's no problem. My husband and I got married very young. We were in the Navy. And so our first baby, Logan, was born when I was 20. And his name has zero saint heritage. Logan is after Wolverine. It's a comic book character. He goes by Wolverine. But his backstory, his name was Logan. So I really like that name, Logan. And then his middle name, Taylor, is after a soap opera character from Bold and the Beautiful. And I love those names together, Logan Taylor. And I remember thinking when he was about five or six, like, oh, I should have added a saint name. I cannot believe I didn't put a saint name in there. But that makes no difference because when Logan was preparing for his confirmation, he knew I don't have any saint name. So I'm really going to choose carefully and think about who I'm choosing. And so he chose St. Paul and Logan then was ordained a priest. So he's now Father Logan Taylor Parish. Part of the reason why he brought in St. Paul of his own accord. I want that saint to be on my team. So even if you're not named after a saint, even if you don't even remember your confirmation saint, by the way, your parish should have record of that. If you don't want to know, you can call and ask. But you can also bring any saint on your team. Like, who do I want to bring in? You can do whatever you want because they want to be called upon. 
even if they're not your namesake, it doesn't matter. Like if there's a certain saint that you have a connection to, ask them. Start asking for their help, their assistance. So let's think about that. How is your cynical performing? Are we depending upon them for the assistance that they were sent to provide us? Because we know that when we're consenting to the lie of the enemy, when he says, you are alone, that we're not pulling in help when we need to be. So back when I was growing up, I have two older brothers, and they loved WWF wrestling. There was Hulk Hogan and a bunch of other different wrestlers. And if you were really lucky, they would get like a folding chair from the audience and bring it into the ring and really just, you know, obliterate their person that they were opposing. And if it was super exciting, then it would be tag team where you would have one person in the ring fighting another person, but the other person would be outside the ring just waiting to be tagged in. And so you'd be, you know, two of the wrestlers would be inside the ring and one would be just beating the the head and the body and be like, oh, I'm struggling. And he'd be like reaching out like, oh, with his last breath, trying to like another centimeter, another centimeter. And then he would tag in his partner and then the partner would jump in and, and obliterate the guy who was just beating up his team member. And so it's tag team wrestling. So that image came to my mind when I was in prayer one time. I was like, what is this, Lord? And it kind of reminded me of like, we have this whole cynical out there outside the ring. And a lot of times we're just in the ring being obliterated by demons or struggles or whatever it is. And they're outside like reaching their hand in and saying, tag me in, tag me in, tag me in. And we're like, consenting to the lie of the enemy. You're alone. You're alone. It's like, no, you're not alone. You have this whole heavenly cynical just wants to be tagged in, tag them in. You know, Jesus just reaches out his hand, you know, with the, with the nail hole in it. Like I'm here, invite me in. I'm here. So what would keep us from tagging in our heavenly cynical? One of my favorite authors is Patrick Lencioni. He also has some, a podcast called At the Table, which is really good. But one of his best books, I think, is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And I love to take business principles and then apply them to the spiritual life because they are so accurate. So in Five Dysfunctions of the Team, he has two base ones. And those are the ones I really want to focus on today. Fear of conflict and the absence of trust. So if you don't have trust in your team, then that's a dysfunction. If you have a fear of conflict, that's a dysfunction. And so let's talk about those for a little bit. So the absence of trust, we need to be vulnerable with our Lord and our heavenly cynical. They desire us to know them, to love them, to call upon them, and then to trust them. And you don't have to hold back. I was talking to one of my friends and she's like, remember when I was struggling so bad and you said, you just need to go out to the garage and you just need to start screaming to God. And she did. And like that made her feel a lot better. And he started, she started to see him like work more in her life. So you can yell, you can scream, you can cry. The Lord wants authentic relationship with you and you can trust him in that. If anyone is struggling, trusting the Lord, that's the most important layer. There's a surrender novena that is my most favorite novena. You can just type it in Google and it will pop up that I've ever prayed. It is the most powerful. So if you're struggling with that trust, like trusting the Lord, go to that surrender novena. That's a very powerful. And then the next thing Patrick Lencioni talks about is fear of conflict. So many of us have a fear of conflict. That's why 
you know, when we're like have to fight a bill on insurance, like we don't want to believe when I want to call because it's like that, oh, we have to bring up conflict. But we actually cannot be afraid of conflict. Or if we're afraid, we have to actually move past that because my brothers and sisters, we are in battle. We don't get to be wimpy. We have to be willing to stand up and fight for the good. This is God speaking to St. Catherine of Siena. And no one should fear any battle or temptation of the devil that may come to him, because I have made my creatures strong and have given them the strength of will, fortified in the blood of my son, which neither devil nor creature can move, because it is yours, given by me. You're fortified in the blood of God's son, Jesus. You are fortified in that blood. So I had a, an instance where I was really struggling. I really thought something was going to go one way and it didn't. And so I was having a little pity party for myself and I actually cried myself to sleep. Uh, it was pathetic, but it was just, I was very sad. In the middle of the night, I woke up with the eye of the tiger playing in my head really loudly. It was just in my head. Don't lose your grips on the dreams of the past. You must fight just to keep them alive. And I'm like, what am I awake for? And why is this song playing in my head? Very irritated. So I'm like, anytime I can't go to sleep, I just start, you know, saying my Hail Marys, trying to go back into sleep. And no, no, no. Survivor is serenading me in every Hail Mary. It's the thrill of the fight. Rising, like all this. I'm like, okay, I cannot do this. So I just get up. I'm like, Lord, I'm, you're probably saying something, but I have no idea what it has to do with Eye of the Tiger. So I'm just sitting in this rocking chair, just praying, what are you trying to tell me, Lord? And I just kind of had this understanding. We're in battle. We are the good and we're battling against the evil. And guess what? God's on our cynical. And battling with God against evil is actually kind of thrilling. The thrill of the fight, it's thrilling. Why would it be thrilling? Like, who wants that? Christ chose us. He picked us to be on his team. So that victory is already won. So when we battle, we battle in complete confidence. Because every time the enemy knocks us down, and he will knock us down, and we're like bruised and bloody and... Like, oh, it hurts so bad, blah, blah, blah. We arise and our muscles become stronger and our minds more knowledgeable so that we are better equipped to fight in the future. If you think about it, the enemy's tactics actually form us into a specialized warrior. And then we can share the knowledge from fighting with other warriors to help train them as well. After I had I the tiger, middle of the night stuff going on, and I prayed with it or whatever. The next morning, Monsignor Heinz texted me this. This is from Father Louis Boyer. So the question is, are we going to make this battle our own? Adopting the Christian faith means taking the cross, not only being ready to stand up for one's beliefs, but actually enlisting, equipped with the appropriate arms, In this struggle, in which the prize is our true freedom, in the liberation of this whole universe. I was like, dang. I I said, 
Monsignor Heinz, you are not even going to believe this whole eye of the tiger thing. So now, you know, this priest thinks I'm crazy, but whatever, I'll take it. So we just know, like, we're in battle, but we're supported by an entire cynical. And so when we're lying on the ground, bloody and bruised, we just pause. We praise God in that pause, and we listen to Jesus say, Talitha kum, my child, arise. We should know that every battle is just a trailer for his glory. We cannot claim the Easter joy without first accepting the passion pain. This is from St. Fidelis. Woe to me if I should prove myself but a half-hearted soldier in the service of my thorn-crowned captain. We are children of the Heavenly Father, and He chose us. And we follow that thorn-crowned captain anywhere He wants us to go, because He is the one we were made for. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.